it's Monday, the 30th of November 2020, it's Jim and it's the World of Bonds. There aren't very many famous monetary policy speeches. Uh, Draghi saying whatever it takes is probably one that you remember. The other one is Mervyn King's 2005 Maradona theory of monetary policy that's obviously getting some attention again um, following the sad death of Diego Maradona, the greatest of all time, uh, last week. So in that speech, Mervyn King suggested that central bankers should take inspiration from Maradona's second goal in the 1986 Mexico World Cup against England. The, the first one was obviously the hand of God, but the second one, he receives the ball on the, in his own half on the right-hand side of the pitch and then runs directly at Peter Shilton through numerous Forest, uh, sorry, Forest, England players uh, to the goal and scores. Um, and the theory goes that he actually runs in a straight line yet by wiggling his hips his eyebrows shoulders shuffling his feet the England players anticipate him going left or right and uh, you know changing direction and in doing so they're completely forward and allow him to run straight through and score Mervyn King's point is that monetary policy should be similar in its approach to this have a goal have a direction go directly to it but never allow markets to relax and stop guessing what you're going to do next so in doing so you prevent bubbles building up you know if you tell people that monetary policy is going to be loose forever then why why would people not go out and lever up on their bond holdings their corporate bond holdings or go and buy property etc so the the certainty that um you get from forward guidance which effectively came in following the global financial crisis um is i guess reading that Mar- maradona speech not welcome by by mervyn king you don't want to do forward guidance you want to be anti-communication, anti-clarity, keep the markets guessing, don't allow leverage and certainty to build up, otherwise volatility collapses and you end up with some some of the negative impacts of low and uh, falling volatility. Remember though, as I implied, we did get forward guidance, although um, at the time, you remember also that Mark Carney, he became governor, um, was regarded as an unreliable boyfriend who kind of gave forward guidance but then did something different instead. So the point of the Maradona theory of monetary policy is that less is more in terms of monetary policy communication. Anyway, uh, thought that it remains the the best and most interesting monetary policy speech. Some more Maradona stuff though, you know, reading the Nottingham Evening Post uh, last night, I find that Forrest and England midfielder Steve Hodge is in there. You probably, well, for those of you who know your football history will know why he's in the papers at the moment. He is the person at the end of that famous game that England lost that ended up with Maradona's number 10 shirt. In fact, Steve Hodge's autobiography is called The Man with Maradona's Shirt. So um, it's in the story because he's been bombarded with journalists, auction houses, collectors, fans getting in contact to him to ask about that shirt over the last couple of days. Um, And it's said that there have been offers of over a million pounds for that shirt, probably more than he earned as a footballer. And when we're thinking that one of the other impacts of uh, loose monetary policy has been what we're seeing over the past five years, which is a kind of memorabilia bubble, um, a collectibles bubble, 
um, and we're kind of generating a new generation of beanie babies. Um, you know, not just in sports memorabilia, but um, if you look at the art market, the number of prints and toys, toys issued by people like Cause, K-A-W-S, if you look at those uh, plastic kind of art collectibles, Banksy posters, stickers and things that were given away for free, now going for tens of thousands of pounds um, in auction houses, let alone his actual paintings and, and more uh, and more art-like um, issues. And then you go and look at kids queuing up outside Supreme or Palace in Soho every morning at 5am to get stuff that's, let's frankly expect to be worthless in, in, in a few years' time. You know, uh, I bought myself uh, a poncho used um, in a KLF event uh, the greatest band in history, as we talked about last week, on eBay this year in, in lockdown. And, you know, that's a function of, I don't know what it's a function of, um, midlife crisis or something, but also low interest rates, perhaps. Loose monetary policy. I'm quite confident that Steve Hodges' Maradona shirt is one of the kind of holy memorabilia relics that will go up in value. But the rest of it, you've got to imagine there'll be a bonfire of um, supreme limited editions at some point in history, which is a bit sad. Also sad to say, I never saw Maradona play in the life. In life, uh, I did see the second greatest player of all time play, though uh, Stan Collymore, many occasions. Last week, then, quickly whiz through what happened. We had RPI reform announced in the UK. Um, as a result of that, we are going to see RPI converge with a much lower measure of inflation, CPIH in 2030. Markets, though, not too concerned because there had been some fears that was going to happen in 2025. So inflation is going to be structurally lower if you look at it on an RPI basis, which, let's face it, uh, lots of pension funds do, um, and things like utility fares and, and rail fares, etc. So that happened last week. At the same time, the Office of Budgetary Responsibility came out um, explained that UK's debt has gone over 100% of GDP, which we kind of knew already, the highest since 1960s, uh, early 1960s. The good news, though, is that whilst this has happened, the cost of servicing the UK's debt has fallen down towards, uh, I'm not sure if it's a record low, but down at 1.7%. So that's debt interest costs as a percentage of revenues, which is an incredibly low number and is, is kind of something that gives you hope and happiness that uh, for most of developed market economies, sure, indebtedness has gone up dramatically, but the cost of that debt is so incredibly low that we can certainly afford to use fiscal policy to stave off some of the damage that coronavirus has done. Next thing I want to talk about, Dr. Copper. Just worth noting that copper prices have hit a, a multi-year high last week. Copper is normally seen as a um, kind of harbinger of good economic news when it goes up in price. You know, it's a fundamental building block of economic growth. So it's uh, rally in price is thought to be related to generally decent news coming out of uh, places like Asia economically at the moment may also be related to um, some developments in electric cars. Uh, I think it's a big component of that. And last week, the Tesla share price went absolutely nuts. Worth noting now that uh, the Tesla share price is worth more than all the other US car manufacturers, Ford, General Motors, etc. And also worth more than all the European car manufacturers, BMW, Volkswagen, um, you know, whatever else we've got in France, Italy, UK, and all Japanese car manufacturers 
minus Toyota, which remains a very big company. So effectively, Tesla is uh, worth pretty much all the manufacturing of cars in the world um, other than Toyota, an incredible rally in its share price bigger than uh, Warren Buffett as well now, whereas a year ago, Warren Buffett could have bought Tesla twice over with its cash on its balance sheet. Tesla's now bigger than, than his organisation. So huge um, move for equity markets. And then I think finally today, quickly to mention debt cancellation. You know, I, I think I was the first person in 2012 in a blog to suggest that all the guilt held on the Bank of England's balance sheet might just be uh, turned into thin air at some point in history. And, you know, now that our debt to GDP is over 100 percent of um, the UK's economy, but the Bank of England holds around half the, the UK's debt. If you just put uh, deleted those cells on your Excel spreadsheet or allowed those uh, guilt certificates to disappear in a cupboard at the back of the uh, back of the Bank of England, you'd end up with a debt to GDP ratio of um, less than half that, probably, or around half that. And so debt cancellation is something I think central banks have always had at the back of their mind. They don't need to do it publicly, but they could, uh, as I say, just allow those guilts to mature quietly and uh, disappear lost in the cupboard so they have no economic impact on a drag on the UK economy if you believe that debt burdens are a drag. But it is being talked about a bit more, and I think in particular um, around Italy at the moment. Uh, Conte in Italy has suggested that the pandemic debt that Italy has built up should be cancelled by um, Europe effectively Um, and that's causing some debate but it's a live debate and I think we'll see a lot more of this over the next few years as debt burdens go up and uh, you know hopefully economic growth rebounds next year and takes the whole issue of how much debt there is in the global economy off the table for a little while but I think we've got to believe that it's going to be a big issue for, for years if not decades to come. Have great weeks this week. This was for professional investors only. It was never investment advice. Bye.